You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will be discussing the Bermuda Triangle. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mystery Still Unsolved. Guys, it has been snowing. I don't like it. Nope, not one bit. Once Christmas is over, I'm over snow and I just want it gone. But I can't really complain. Everyone was affected this week. Texas, oh my gosh, Texas was slammed with snow. All of the repercussions of the snowstorm are just terrible. It's crazy. I I just hate snow. All right, we have a couple of announcements. If you missed it last time, my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com, is live. Go check it out. We also have an Instagram account that we've had for a while. It's at mysterystillunsolved. There you can comment on the cases with me and with each other. You can recommend a case. You can participate in the polls and quizzes. I post each week about the latest episode. You can hang out with me throughout the week in case you can't You just can't get enough of me. I mean, I can't say that I blame you. I'm pretty cool. JK, JK. I'm guessing a lot of you were excited about the subject today. I feel like there is just something so enticing about the Bermuda Triangle. Even just the mention of the Bermuda Triangle seems to bring people together almost at like a whisper because you just have to know more. It's such an interesting little place in comparison to the big old world out there, but it seems that so many bizarre and ominous things have happened there. Today, I'm going to give you a brief history of the Bermuda Triangle, and then we will discuss three strange occurrences that have taken place in the Bermuda Triangle over the years. We're also going to have a very special guest this episode. This special guest is a return guest, and if you're a faithful day oneer of the podcast, then you already know who it is because I've only had one guest host. So I'm going to go ahead and bring in our special guest right now. She has joined us before way back when I was doing my Halloween series in October. Hello, special guest. Hello. Hello. How are you? So glad to be back. If you guessed my mom, Maddie, then you are 100% right. (laughs) So excited to be back. I don't know if we've ever talked about this before or not, but my mom is actually from Puerto Rico, which is one of the points on the Bermuda Triangle. She was born and raised there, so she has a little bit of street cred when it comes to this topic. So I wanted to bring her on today for the episode as my token expert for the day. (laughs) No pressure, mom. And I'm not lost yet, so we're good. (laughs) Now, for people who might be new around here, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Me? So let's see. I am from Puerto Rico. I love the beach. That's my favorite place to go to. I love seashells. I have two kids, one daughter. Favorite. (laughs) Uh, 
Yes, the most amazing Rochelle Fairbank. <laughs> Actually, no, it's like now, oh my gosh, I, I say your maiden name. Oh, yeah, what? I didn't even notice. <laughs> I know. And then I have a son as well. And I said the day that I was graduating from, from high school, I said I would never be in a school setting again. And for the last 23 years, guess where I am? Back in elementary school teaching. You couldn't get enough. <laughs> but... In your defense, elementary school, if you have to pick one of the three, it, it's the most fun for sure. It's actually really fun. You get yeah. to dress up. You get to be fun. You get yeah. to be silly. The kids are still excited be- about being in school. Once they're in junior high, they're like, eh, I'm too cool. But in elementary school, they're so cute. In elementary school, they think that you're the bomb, so that's good. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I was going to say elementary kids are so cute. But there have been a couple of bad things like I don't know. I don't know if it's because you work in an inner city school, but you've had a couple of like little second graders curse at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they do. They like to try a lot of things. They yeah. like to try it. But, you know, once they get to know me, they know that I don't talk that way. So they don't really talk that way to me. But I do have to say you get to read really fun books in elementary yeah. school. And you get to like, dress up for like Halloween. My butt fell off or my butt makes a noise. <laughs> and you're like, how am I getting paid for this? <laughs> I know because I watch in a circus every day. <laughs> and I'm part of them. <laughs> yeah, you're the ringmaster. Okay. I know one of the clowns. <laughs> yeah. So during the week, I put out a call for people who might have questions for you or for me on our Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. So make sure that you're checking that Instagram account if you ever want to maybe get your question answered on the podcast. So I have a couple of questions that I'd love for you to answer for us. Are you up for that? I am so scared. I can't tell you anything about Rochelle, so shoot up those questions, guys. I have really fun stories, so go ahead. Excellent. Okay, first question. Uh, what kind of stories about the Bermuda Triangle did you grow up hearing, if any? So I know a lot of people were so afraid to, like, because Puerto Rico is one of the points. So if you wanted to go to Florida, if you wanted to go somewhere, like, you have to go to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> so I can't even say it. So I know that you would hear a lot of stories. Like, um, there was one story that I remember, and I cannot remember. Like, as I was trying to look at the source of these. But there was one story of these people that they were towing a boat mm-hmm. like a little like you know you know what you know like those little little boats you know so it was a big like a bigger boat towing a boat yeah and they were attached by a rope uh-huh. okay and then i remember that, that there were people on the other boat and then i remember the story because i was like early teenager so it was like stuck with me and then i was terrified of the bermuda triangle you know yeah um, the people on the big boat said that all this like green mist came around in between the big boat and the little boat. And all of a sudden they couldn't see anything. They couldn't hear, like they kept calling, you know, they kept calling Mm -hmm. for the other people that were on the little boat. They kept calling their name, but nothing, nothing at all. And then kind of like, you know, you know how a, how a rope gets kind of like, um, tense you know yeah um, when you're pulling something like the rope became really like limp Ooh. and then and then all of a sudden like 
15 minutes later, the mist left, the boat reappeared, you know, they could see the people, and then they asked the people, what happened? How come you didn't answer? And they're like, nothing happened. We didn't notice anything. Oh, like, so only we, the people in the little boat experienced something. Like, we didn't hear anything. It was just like nothing. Yeah. And then they say, how did this even happen? Because even, like, we, we couldn't even feel your weight on the rope, you know, like, the rope became limp, but they said, no, nothing happened. We were all there. And that oh. has also have happened on flights, I heard. Yeah. That, you know, that green mist, mm-hmm. you know, and that the the people in the tower lose connection with yeah. uh, with the flight. But for the people on the flight, it was like nothing happened. Yeah. Well, for the people on the tower, it's like, where were you for like five minutes? We lost contact with you. Like, we, you just disappeared from the radar. And... So, of course, then you're, then, you know, a lot of people get afraid of flying. Yeah. I think (laughs) that's like one of the scary things about the Bermuda Triangle is that I already think that being in open water is so scary. And then, like, these weird occurrences are like the things that we play up in our mind that could happen. And then to hear that they actually happen to some people is scary. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Let's see, you have to worry about airplanes. Yeah. You have to worry about, you know, just your flight and just being uncomfortable being on a plane, you know. Yeah. Uh, then you have to worry about water. We're talking about the Atlantic Ocean, which is a massive ocean. Then you have to worry about being cold. Yeah. You know, if you get on there, sharks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then now you have to worry about the Bermuda Triangle, which your father cracked me up the first time we went to Puerto Rico. He was terrified because you know how you can see... Like, you know, in the back of the sea, you can see, like, the GPS of where you are. Mm-hmm. Your father was looking at it going, like, oh, my gosh, when are we going to the Bermuda Triangle? Are we going to get lost? Do you see the green mist? Yeah, he's, Stay like, shut from the green down. light. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was right. kind of fun. Yeah. Okay, second question. Ugh, this one's so rude. It says, tell us a story of you embarrassing Rochelle. <laughs> And then they put like four exclamation points. So super rude. Uh, well, there's so many. Rochelle. I know. There are so many stories. I, I had that... to move away from New York because I was so <laughs> embarrassed. I think that um, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, what is the purpose of a mother is to embarrass their kids all the time, especially their teenage daughter. Um, I disagree. Oh, I remember one, but I embarrass both you and your brother. Like, you guys will not stop bickering. I mean, there's something about siblings that they just all the time bicker. Or they want something at the store. And I remember being at a store once, and I have told them that if they didn't stop it, I was going to sing the purple underwear song. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I actually had not thought about it until this very moment. I blacked it out. (laughs) I remember that. I kept telling you guys, stop it, stop it. You know, as a mom, you're like frustrated. I mean, every mom out there can relate to these. Yeah. I just remember they wouldn't stop. So I started going, my, I started very soft. My purple underwear. And you guys were like, no, no. No, and then you guys were going like, stop it, stop it. And then you were hitting each other. And I was like, my purple underwear in the middle of the store. <laughs> my purple underwear. How I love my purple underwear in the uh, middle of the store. And it dumb because they stopped bickering oh and gosh. they were mortified. And my job was done. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, that's enough of that. I don't want any more embarrassing stories. Oh, no, nope, nope, it's okay. Third no, question. Just anymore. Just look me up and I'll tell you more. <laughs> All right. Third question. Moving on. Is there a case that hasn't been covered on Rochelle's podcast that you wish she would do? What is it? And Rochelle, can we make that happen? Okay, I keep telling Michelle that I want to hear the story of um okay, how can I for, how can I forget her name right now? The aviator. Oh, you're talking about Amelia Earhart. Yes, <laughs> Amelia Earhart. I keep telling her that I want to hear that story about I like I want her to cover that, the Amelia Earhart, because that is such a fascinating story. And like, she was amazing. She was so amazing person and so brave at that time. Yeah. And I just, you know, I want Rochelle to, I want Rochelle to, uh, to know what happened. Like, I want her to be the person that discovered what happened to her. That be a, a couch sleuth. Uncover the mystery. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, there's so many, but that's the one that is fascinating for me. Yeah. And you there, know, there's I, some good news. I looked it up already because my mom talks about this all the time. She's always like, when are you going to do Amelia Earhart? And it doesn't help that Rylan has an Amelia Earhart shirt. So whenever my mom FaceTimes Rylan when she's wearing that shirt, she's like, Rochelle, you've got to do Amelia Earhart. So I looked it up. She went missing on like July 7th. And so I actually have it in the works to do the first week of July. So, Well, you know, you can always do about your favorite, favorite uh, mythological. No. No. Bigfoot. Rochelle's fascinating. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, we should do Bigfoot. Rochelle. I thought you were gonna do La Llorona, and I was like, no, no. La Llorona, you should do La Llorona. No. No. I would need to do some therapy before I do. That. <laughs> if you guys don't know about La Llorona, you should Google it up. It is well, don't give away too much because I probably will do it. At some point, Ooh, and I can, and I can just enough. do it. Don't this maybe I'll maybe I'll have to bring you on the podcast for that for moral support. <laughs> Although you know, I don't think you'd give me much. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think you'd give me much moral support though. I think you'd definitely like try to creep me out a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my mom's coming to visit me this summer. We we haven't seen each other since December, like since not this Christmas, but the Christmas before that. Oh, a year and a half. Yeah, but they're getting their vaccination soon, and they're going to be fully vaccinated. And then I just went on the Utah.gov site, and it said that all people who would like to take the vaccine should have the opportunity to do so by the end of April. So we should be fully vaccinated before we see each other, and then we can hang out. It's like a light at the end of the tunnel. I, know. I mean, I am, I am uh, driving, so it makes it nicer yeah. because I don't have to be around a lot of people. So yeah. That's true. Yeah, but you're, be you would still be going to like rest stops and stuff. And just to have that um, that feeling of peace, knowing that like you're not going to catch it at a rest area would be nice. I can always go around with Lysol. Yeah. Spray people. <laughs> <laughs> Spray people around. <laughs> but anyway, what do you have? Oh, do we have any other questions? This uh, stuff? No, I think that was it. We had a lot of repeat questions about um, just like what cases you would want to cover. And then a lot of questions if you had experienced anything yourself. But I don't think you have experienced anything yourself with the Bermuda Triangle, right? I would like die, I think, of like, oh my gosh, I would have the worst stomachache. I know. <laughs> but I do have a question for you. Oh, okay. 
do I, do I value as a question here? Yes. Do I ask a question? Okay, good. So, if, um, since you gave me life, I guess I can permit you one question. <laughs> I cook a lot. Okay, uh-huh. I love to cook. That's my Puerto Rican genes. My ancestors just give me the ideas and I execute them. So, you grew up eating a lot of Puerto Rican dishes. Mm-hmm. So, I want to know what's your favorite thing that I cook that you love to eat? Okay. Well, my mom already knows this. This is not Puerto Rican. I'll give two because I'll give one that's not Puerto Rican and then one that is. So the one that I always make my mom uh, prepare for me before I come to her house and then when she comes to visit me is her chicken noodle soup. I don't know what magical – I think it's love. She puts love in the chicken noodle soup and it just tastes so good. And I think you cook it with the bone too. So it like gets all those flavors. Oh, it's really good. That's the trick. You got to cook it with the bone. Because I get really nervous when I fly. So I don't really eat anything. I kind of just eat like saltines and water and Sprite. And so when I get to my mom's house, I am starving. But you don't want to eat something super heavy. When you haven't been eating the whole day. So my mom always cooks that for me and it's so good. That probably adds to why I think it's so delicious because not only is it delicious normally, but I'm also like starving, so it makes it extra delicious. Well, I also I also cook it with you after you have after you have Rylan and when you're yeah. sick and stuff. And it's, it's like it's like your comfort food. It has like healing powers or something. It's really good. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. It's my magic potions. And then also my mom makes um the Puerto Rican, I think it's just is it just I don't know what it's called, but is it just called Cuban beans or Puerto Rican beans? It's like the oh, black the beans with the cut up ham. What is that specifically? Black beans. Black beans. Black beans with rice. Really, really good. And then she also makes these really yummy things. She eats them for breakfast, but she makes uh arepas. And they're really, really good. I can't eat them for breakfast, but I love them as like a side to the black beans and rice. It's you can really eat good. arepas with anything. You can make sandwiches with arepas. You can make yeah. it on the side. You can eat it with cheese. You can eat it with eggs. Arepas yeah. is a feeling for everything. But I would say that Brian's favorite uh, Puerto Rican food that you and Abuela have made for him is um, uh, mofongo. He really, mofongo. really likes mofongo. Brian does. I love mofongo. Yeah. Last time we put, when we were teaching Brian how to do it, or when you were teaching, I don't know how to make it, uh, we put too many chicharrones in it. So maybe yeah. next time we'll cut back on the chicharrones. I know. But they just give it that crunch. Yeah. You, know? you can make it without chicharrones. With Chicharrones are pork rinds, people. This is how yeah. healthy we're talking about. Yeah. Just a little bit of pork rinds. You don't want a full <laughs> bag of chips in your mofongo. Fried plantains mashed up with uh, pork rinds and garlic. and Oh, it's so healthy and so not fat. Either. Yeah, it's definitely not something you should eat weekly. <laughs> Unless you want your cholesterol to go away. Yeah, it's really good with the soup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should probably plug your thing. Okay, go ahead. My mom, uh, she teaches or she has her a YouTube channel where she teaches people how to make all these super yummy Puerto Rican recipes. So I, I'll have you plug it. Do a so, shameless plug. So, so I can do a sh- shameless plug here. Shameless so, plug. <laughs> so if you guys want to know how to cook some Puerto Rican food, I do, I do, I do teach these things in spam in English, so you can follow and I can show you everything. Mm-hmm. And it's totally Maddie. It's on YouTube. And Total- Maddie is spelled M A D Y. Yes, totally Maddie. M A D Y, and that's me. YouTube. Yeah. So, so totallymaddie.com. Right? No, it's just in YouTube, it's just totally Maddie. Oh, totally Maddie. 
M-A-D-Y is how she spells Maddie, and you can find her on YouTube. And um, the reason it's called Totally Maddie is because that's a, that's a phrase, that's an American phrase that stuck with me. Oh, totally, totally. I say totally <laughs> a lot. So it's Totally Maddie, M-A-D-Y. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. So I think I can speak for everyone listening today that we are just dying to hear about the Bermuda Triangle. So let's get started. All right, so the Bermuda Triangle, I'm just going to give a little bit of a history of it, and then we'll get into our three cases. So the Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, is defined as the region in the western part of the North Atlantic Ocean. The points of the triangle are the island of Bermuda, obviously it's called the Bermuda Triangle, Miami, Florida, and Puerto Rico. The term Bermuda Triangle came into use for the first time in 1964 when it was coined by Vincent Gaddis during a cover story he wrote for Argosy magazine. He used it to describe the area where there seemed to be an unusual amount of disappearances of ships and planes. In fact, between the years of 1946 and 1999, there were over a hundred disappearances of ships and planes in the Bermuda Triangle. Popular culture has attributed these various disappearances from anything to just normal coincidences to paranormal or even perhaps extraterrestrial activity. Do, 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 do. There are obviously skeptics who dismiss the ideas that there is... Yeah, <laughs> there are obviously skeptics who dismiss the idea that there is any mystery whatsoever. Some who claim the disappearances are the result of coincidences that are inaccurately reported or embellished by people who are searching for attention. It could also be that there just happens to be a lot of plane and ship routes that cut through the Bermuda Triangle. Um, they're pretty common. More ships and planes flying through an area would obviously see more crashes or disappearances than an area of the ocean that does not experience heavy traffic. Uh, the mysterious occurrences happened far before 1941 because um, they found in some of Christopher Columbus's journals, he wrote many odd things that happened to him and his crew as they journeyed through the Bermuda Triangle. So here are just a couple of things that he said. I know that Christopher Columbus is not everybody's cup of tea right now, but it happened like a really long time ago, so I thought that was interesting. The ship's compass mal their ship's compasses malfunctioned. He and his crew saw strange lights on the horizon that disappeared as they got closer. The sea was much rougher than other parts, and at one point they thought they saw a fireball flying into the sea. So Fireball yeah. flying into the sea. So these well, strange occurrences have been happening for a long time. Him. I mean, he was an explorer. Yeah. I mean, he was in the water all the time, so he yeah. probably saw very interesting things. Yeah. But then I also think, like, if you've been on the ocean for that long, like, you could start seeing things. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, no, you I, know, like, those things that they thought were mermaids, but they're, like, not mermaids. They're, like, these fat things what are manatees or something or something like that yeah i mean you know maybe they were like, like mermaids are so beautiful and it turns out they just were seeing manatees which are really ugly yeah you know when well, you start seeing things i i i do like the the stories that tell you like that because it makes you think it makes you wonder yeah 
you know, is there really, is there really things? Are they being taken? Yeah. Where do they go? Where, Where do they go? They go? We want to know. I know. <laughs> All right. So there are so many stories. And in order to avoid giving you Bermuda Triangle overwhelm, we're just going to focus on three today. But maybe we'll have to have another episode because there's just a lot of stories. There are so many stories. It was really hard to choose one. Yeah. All right. Well, perhaps the most notorious of all the disappearances is the disappearance of Flight 19. Have you ever heard of Flight 19, Mom? No, tell me. Okay. I really don't. Okay. Maybe, maybe after you start talking about it. Okay. I, I just wanted to know if it rang any I'm bells. I'm scared because what about, what about if people are planning a trip and going on a plane and we're going to freak them out? Oh. If you're going to be trip, uh, flying through the Bermuda Triangle, I will give you the opportunity to pause this podcast right now <laughs> and listen to it after you get back. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's listening to this. I know. Hopefully nobody's on their way, like on a plane in the ocean, listening to this podcast right this very second, and they're like, "Oh shoot!" If you are sorry. (laughs) All right. So on December fifth, nineteen forty-five, five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers, which I don't really know what that means, but it sounds pretty cool, (laughs) departed Fort Lauderdale, Florida at roughly 2.15 p.m. for a routine training mission. Reports claim that all of the planes passed inspection by several engineers before departure. Uh, The weather was calm and there was no anticipation um, that it wasn't going to be a good day. It was nice weather. So um, overall, people said it was a great day to fly, a safe day to fly. Um, Also important to know is how sturdy these military planes were. They were, in fact, nicknamed Iron Birds due to their aerodynamic design and their ability to withstand intense combat. So these are are not baby planes. These are tough planes. Um, Known as Flight 19, the planes carried 14 men, led by their flight instructor, Lieutenant Charles Taylor. Shortly after the group had finished their training, Lieutenant Taylor became lost, even though he had run this route dozens upon dozens of times over the years. And to me, this kind of reminds me of, like, if Dad was taking some of his students on, like, a their final test it's like a route that he's done like dozens and dozens of times and then all of a sudden he he gets lost like that would be pretty bizarre because he can probably do those routes in his sleep so that's kind of how i imagine this lieutenant was or like you're going home you know driving home like you take the same route every day like you can't even do it on your sleep yeah there have been so many times when i've like been driving and then all of a sudden i'm just home and i'm like I don't know I don't how that happened. I yeah. Remember. Did I stop at the light? Yeah, I'm like, I hope I stopped at the stop sign. <laughs> I don't remember doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, there are experienced people who have taken this route a lot. Yeah. So since this was an era before GPS, obviously it was 1946, I think I said. No, 1945. So there wasn't any GPS. They relied on their compasses to get around. However, all of the compasses belonging to the planes and belonging to each of the 14 men, so they had like a couple of planes which all had compasses, and then each individual man had a compass that they kept on them. All of those compasses were malfunctioning. There was not a single one that was pointing true north. So obviously the men 
were panicking. Um, an emergency transmission was received from one of the men via a nearby control tower, and I'm going to play the clip right now. We can't make out anything here. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. It looks like we're entering white water. We're completely lost. About 20 minutes later, another message was received. We can't find West. Everything's wrong. We, we can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange. Even the ocean. Several minutes later, a PBM Mariner flying boat left on a rescue mission in an attempt to find Flight 19 and guide them back to Fort Lauderdale. However, that Mariner was able to radio the control tower one time before also going missing. This is freaky. I know. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> After a widespread search for Flight 19 and the Mariner failed, an official Navy report came out and it was released in like the last couple decades, like I think like 20 years ago. And it said in the report, quote, we are not even able to make a good guess as to what happened to Flight 19 and the Mariner. So they don't even know. No. They lost it. Okay, and then one thing that I forgot to write down, but I do definitely want to share because I think it's really interesting, is that Lieutenant Charles Taylor, before he got on the plane, he, like, had this overwhelming sense of dread. Like, he did not want to go on the plane that day. And so he... Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. Now you're lost. And so he actually asked his superior, like, if he could take the rest of the day off. He, like, tried to pretend like he wasn't feeling well. But they made him go because there was nobody else that could do it. No, no. This is when you listen to your God. What, so he's on limbo? I guess. <laughs> we'll get into the theories a little bit later, but that's definitely one of the theories. This is not good. This is not good. If you don't feel like you should, you should not. I know. You should listen to yeah, your gut. You know, they're entrusting you with it, like probably a million, multi-million dollar equipment there. So yeah. they're one of the more experienced pilots. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah. Yeah, you should always listen to your gut. And also, um, just like this is a really big deviation, but Rylan and I, we were going on a road trip and we went into this gas station and we were just getting like gum and like using the bathroom or whatever. And when we were paying, there was two lines and they were pretty close together, um, even though COVID. So that's kind of annoying, but they were really close together. And so Rylan and I, there was already a guy at the other register. And then Rylan and I like approached the register that was for us. And it was so weird because you know how Rylan's like usually like super friendly and talkative and all of a sudden she just like came really, really close to me and she like gave me a hug and she wasn't like saying anything. So I put her on the other side and when we were leaving, I was like, hey, what's going on? And she was like, that guy that was next to us, he just was kind of giving me a, a bad feeling. And I was just wow. like, did he talk to you? Did he touch you or anything? And she's like, no, he just didn't make me feel comfortable. And I think that that's an instance where some parents might be like, oh, that's rude. Don't say that. Blah, blah. But I think that we should be encouraging our kids to listen to their gut. Because if we tell them like, oh, that's rude or to ignore it, then as they get older, they're going to not be able to trust themselves. Do you know what I mean? 
very good idea. You know, you, you should let the kids feel stuff and yeah. act upon them. Yeah. In a good way. In know? a good way. They, I mean, she like, did, it's not like she, she was she like, I mean, you. Yeah. And at least she wasn't like, ew, he's gross, mom. Get me away. Like, she waited until we were gone and away from earshot. You're creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have that feeling about him, but I mean, I'm glad that she listened to her gut and that she knew that if she got closer to me, like, nothing bad was going to happen to her. So that's good. That's a nice compliment. But yeah, I mean, we should encourage kids to do that. And, and, and sometimes we do that to ourselves, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. we had that gut feeling, but we still do it. Yeah. You know? Like, one of my friends said that she was waiting for her husband to come out of work once. And, like, this man was kind of, like, hanging around her car. And she wanted to lock her door so badly, but she didn't because she was worried about offending yeah, the guy. And so she didn't end up doing it. But then after she left the parking lot, she was like, I just should have locked it. Because, like, yeah. what if something had happened? Luckily, nothing did, but. No, I mean, no. Lock your doors. Trust your gut. I, don't worry no about being nice. Around them, but it's better to feel sorry than to really, 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 really feel sorry. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And yes. I think it's actually helpful because my truck, I don't know about your car, Mom, but if I, like, don't lock my door for, like, a certain amount of minutes, it just locks on its own. So I yeah. feel like if I just lock it, then, I mean, the person next to me is just going to be like, oh, their car locked. I don't yeah. know. It's but. okay. Yeah. Trust your gut. Don't worry about being nice. Just worry about staying alive. <laughs> you know you're going to be lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, you'll be in limbo. The green light. <laughs> okay, so that's all that I have for story number one. So I'm going to move on to story number two. But isn't that pretty creepy? Yeah, that's creepy. All yeah. these people are lost now in the green light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what is weird is that was that when they were doing the comp- Compasses? Are they like just hand compasses or were they like compasses in the plane? Like so each plane had a like had a compass that was like part of the plane. Okay. And then that was malfunctioning. So all of the men looked at their compasses, like the ones their that they just had. And they yeah. And they weren't That's working either. Because I guess that everybody is uh, required to have a compass with them in case like the, well, the one on their plane malfunctioned, they'd have one. A good scout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were Eagle Scouts, so they were prepared. <laughs> they, were, they were the backups to the backups to the backups. Yeah, I mean, so I think there were like two or three planes, so that's like three plus 14, so all 17 compasses weren't working. That's pretty weird. Yeah, no, that's that's why, especially if they're going wacko, spinning around. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. All right, now that we're petrified to fly <laughs> ever again, what's your story now? Right. Story, story number two. Is the you on a cruise or something? Because don't spoil our vacation plans. <laughs> it's about a ship, but it's a military ship. So I don't. Unless you're going to be going on a military ship, you shouldn't worry about it. So, uh, so this is the USS Cyclops, which is from like 1918. So it's from a really long time ago. Okay, that's a, that was a huge story. Yeah. So if you haven't heard about it, I'm going to tell you right now. So on March 4th, 1918, the USS Cyclops set sail to Baltimore, Maryland from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, making a brief unexpected stop in Barbados. Once the ship, um, along with its crew and passengers, left the Barbados port, it was never seen again. So how is it possible that after all these years, there would be no trace of any type of evidence, no debris anywhere to indicate where this ship may have sunk? 
For starters, the USS Cyclops was as large as one and a half NBA, or not NBA, what am I saying? NFL football fields. I'm really sporty, guys. (laughs) You know, like when they shoot a basket? (laughs) Um, So I'm not saying that a big ship makes it unsinkable. Just because a boat is strong and big doesn't make it invincible. Um, We know this from Titanic. My heart will go on. But the difference is that we know where the Titanic sank. There is equipment that you can take to like go down there and check it out. You would think that after all of this time, I mean, it was over 100 years ago and all the technological advancements that we have made over the years that we would or could have found something by now, but nothing. So, during World War I, the USS Cyclops was used to deliver materials to the United States and our allies. This last and final voyage, it had been reported that the ship was carrying different materials than it would have um, done normally. So, the materials were denser than usual, and some workers at the Rio de Janeiro dock claim that they felt the ship appeared to be overloaded. Um... It's also important to note that the crew had no familiarity with the ore. The ship apparently usually, um, like, held coal. So I guess that's different. I don't know. Which is good because I was going to ask you that. What is a manganese ore? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. It was like 110,800 tons of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of that is. ore. That's kind of interesting. I know that ore is important, but I don't know what it is. I know. So this was the first time that the Cyclops was carrying um, ore. It never carried that before. Um, Also, there was a report that the ship had a crack in one of its many cylinders. So it had a lot of cylinders. This was kind of like a backup cylinder, so they didn't think it would really affect too much in terms of like sinking but that it would reduce the speed that they were able to go um because they wouldn't be able to rely on that backup um so it reduced the speed and performance of the ship from an average maximum speed of 15 knots to down to 10 knots so there you go um an engineer at the port in rio de janeiro told the captain that it would need to be taken care of but that it should be able to make the journey back to the u.s and it could be repaired in Baltimore. See, you see that? That's a bad thing. Bad gut there. Listen to your gut. I know. (laughs) Though the ship was supposed to go straight to Baltimore, it made an unexpected stop in Barbados on March 3rd to resupply. And it's actually still unsure why the Cyclops made this unscheduled stop as the ship should have had more than enough food and supplies to make it to Baltimore. Um... Some speculate that the captain was worried about the ship's cargo. Uh, the captain felt that the ore had not been stacked properly because instead of being level throughout, the pile was much higher in the middle rather than spread out evenly. Um, so, yeah, there you go. And, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, disperse the balance. Yeah. And the water... Um, was over the ship's plimsoll mark. Do you know what a plimsoll mark is, Mom? No, I don't. I was hoping you did. <laughs> I do. It's a line on a ship's side, which indicates the legal limit of submersion. 
oh no you see no you see <laughs> you shouldn't listen you don't go through the Bermuda triangle with all these things no, no. was there any green light <laughs> <laughs> follow the green light <laughs> all right <No>. so <laughs> The ship left Barbados on March 4th and was supposed to arrive at the Baltimore port a week and a half later on my mom's birthday, March 13th. Woo-hoo! Not woohoo in this instance, though, because at, how, after sending out a message to see if all was well, the USS Cyclops was never heard from or seen again. So, oh, man. You kind of you kind of had two bummer birthdays because on March 13th, 1918, this USS Cyclops didn't arrive. And then last year on your birthday, Donald Trump uh, gifted you uh, this wonderful gift of COVID and being quarantined COVID-19. and stuff. <laughs> That's like when the whole world like shut down was March 13th. Oh, I know. It was terrible. No. So I know that they had 309 crew members. But yeah. They were never. Yeah. Seen. And you would think that like their bodies, I mean, it sounds gruesome, but like you would think that there would be a body floating, like maybe not. You would think at least one or two. I know, at least one or like a part of the ship, like one yeah, of the nothing. the life-saving nothing. devices or something. It's just really weird. I mean, even the equipment, that, I mean, even what they were hauling, that was tons. Yeah. 10,000 tons of whatever this thing is. Yeah, manganese <laughs> ore. <laughs> manganese ore. We don't know what that is, but yeah, it's like it's just amazing that they have nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing at all. Not with a all the equipment zilch. That they have. Zilch. How does a ship disappear like that? Like with nothing, I nothing. Know, yeah. Like there's not even, not even a life jacket. I know. <laughs> like not even the things that are all. supposed to float are not floating. Why? No, nothing. It's just all gone bye-bye. I'm telling you, it's E.T. <laughs> but E.T.'s nice. <laughs> I know. It's E.T.'s it's just, evil it's twin. Terrible. It's just terrible. It's terrible. It's like they were taken bye-bye. Yeah. They're now being experimented on. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> All right. So for days, American ships in the nearby area attempted to gain communication with the ship, but all of their calls went unanswered. Now people were speculating what could have happened to it, kind of like we just were speculating what could have happened to it. Some oh. believed it sank during a storm. Others, yeah, where? I know. Like, where is it? <laughs> Others believe that the Germans had done it. They thought that maybe like a German uh, submarine had like torpedoed it or something. Um, multiple magazines claimed the USS Cyclops must have. It must have been dragged to the bottom of the ocean by a giant octopus. <laughs> Wait, they always blame it on the squid. I know. Yeah. It's either squid they- or aliens. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, but you would have something. The squid cannot eat material. No, I don't even. Why would a squid even do that? Like it can't eat metal. I mean, it would die. A submarine. A submarine is no. Even at that time, the submarine is no. I mean, you have to have a particle of something left behind. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't like incinerate things. There'd be chunks of stuff. No, I don't believe that theory either. Let me let me solve the mystery. What else do they have? So many scientists believe that it's not possible that a storm could have caused the ship's demise as the area had been clear and there were actually boats in the area and they had not reported seeing or experiencing any adverse weather. So I think that's pretty telling because if there was a storm and there were boats in the area, they would have been like, oh, yeah, there there was a storm. But nobody, they said it was perfect. Nice weather. Yeah, because the Bermuda Triangle is like part of the route that hurricanes go through. Mm-hmm. 
So you can get, you know, you can get the rough waters that Christopher Columbus was talking about and things like that. You can get yeah. that kind of stuff, but nobody else disappeared. Yeah, why is it a storm that only affected that one ship, even though there were lots of other ships nearby? Um, they also say that it's not possible it could have been a storm because they said that the cyclops never made any distress calls so they didn't even try to get help it seems like it was something that happened like really fast it just disappeared Um, there have been reports that there are like these mini storms that are short in duration but they're immensely powerful Um, apparently some of the storms last only a few minutes but they can create mile like one mile to two mile high waves that dissipate before ever reaching land so it's possible that this occurred but that others missed its warning signs due to the technology that they possess at the time i mean 1918 was a very long time ago so maybe it really did just hit them out of nowhere but to me that still doesn't make sense because there were other ships in the area so yeah but still even if you have a storm you have, yeah. you know, fragments of the ship. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, so. so for the we second. about expensive stuff. They wouldn't look for this because this yeah. looks like there was expensive things that they were carrying. Yeah. And just the ship itself was probably really expensive. And the people, 309 crew members. Yeah. Um, the other theory, like, did the Germans launch a torpedo at the Cyclops causing it to sink? People think that that's unlikely because after the war, um, America, American, the government, sorry, after the war, Americans got a hold of all of the German, like, documents and there was no record or indication that the Germans were even in that area at the time. And apparently, even before the war was over, the U.S. had intercepted um, German communications shortly after the Cyclops disappeared, and, like, nobody was talking about it on the German secret channels. So, doesn't seem like they were involved. Here's a little bit of chisme, Mom, which, if you're not a Spanish speaker, mm-hmm. chisme is gossip in Spanish, so. Yeah, it sounds a little prettier in Spanish. It does. Chisme! Yeah, time. it's like you don't even mind if someone's saying chisme about about you because you're like, oh, chisme, that's cute. <laughs> um, so there were reports that crew members of the USS Cyclops didn't seem to like or trust their captain. For starters, he had been born in Germany, and many believe that he was some sort of like a double agent. Ooh. Which I didn't even know that if you had been born in Germany that you could like, you know what I mean? Like, doesn't that seem a little weird? Because yeah, back then, like, people had just immigrated to the United States. <laughs> so, like... Well, they're being charged with that big ship. Yeah. Um, others claim that the captain was a drunk and that he was incapable of steering the ship. Uh, the captain was kind of a weird guy. Apparently, there had been multiple times, not just one time, but multiple times when he had walked onto the deck in nothing but his underwear, his little Navy captain hat, and a cane. Was the, was the underwear purple? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and Doki, the captain was a little happy then. Yeah. He just wanted to be with nature. He wanted a suntan. Yeah, he didn't want any tan lines. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the purple underwear. Yes. <laughs> so there were rumors uh, swirling around that a mutiny was going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So then but there's still, just... they was the ship. Exactly. So I was going to say, is it possible that a mutiny did occur after the ship left Barbados? And I was saying, while it's certainly possible, that doesn't explain why the ship was never seen ever again. I mean, yeah, that could happen, but where's the ship? Yeah, because if they if they ported somewhere else, like somebody would be like, "Uh, hello, America, there's a huge ship that I think belongs to you here." Yeah, like where's the ship? All right, so here's another little interesting tidbit, Mom, to help you solve the case. So the USS Cyclops had two sister ships. So all three of these ships were built in the similar manner at the same time. So that's why they're sister ships. And all three of them sank. No. No. They're cursed. Which indicates that there may have been a flaw in the original design of the ships. So the first ship was hit by a Japanese torpedo. So we know that that's the reason why it sank. We don't really know if it would have sank otherwise. I assume so. Because the other two. It didn't even have a chance. It didn't even have a chance. Um, But the other one and the Cyclops both disappeared while traveling across the Bermuda Triangle. Coincidence? Yeah, if you have, if you're in a ship that is called the Cyclops, you should not get in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're doomed. <laughs> so yeah, no. the ships at the time that they both uh, disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle were both carrying ore, which is something that we talked about previously they had not been designed to do. Like that was not their intended purpose. Their intended purpose was to carry coal. So you might be thinking, if you're anything like me, or coal, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't even know what or what the manganese ore was. <laughs> I still don't know what it is, but I did learn that ore has many acidic properties, and that coal doesn't have acidic properties. So some speculate that the acidic properties of the ore, um, like counteracted negatively with the materials of the ship. Which made it, like, which weakened, like, the ship over time, exposing, like, its natural flaws. Which okay, I but still, where's the crew? Where's the ship? Maybe the ore was so powerful, it just melted the whole ship. It degraded everybody. Yeah. Like, like an Indiana Jones movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the first Indiana Jones when they open up the I don't know, but I like the story of the captain and his underwear. I know. That was, like, the funniest thing of the whole thing. Because it's, it's a really sad story, but that part's funny. <laughs> it is and if it happened that was kind of funny you know but no that's scary no yeah so like us people are still perturbed that even after all these years we have not been able to detect the cyclops whereabouts year after year with our technological advancements we are able to locate various vessels that have been lost to the ocean uh, but the USS Cyclops continues to evade our detection multiple scientists theorize that the ship could have been lost in the Puerto Rico Trench, which, Mom, did you know that the Puerto Rico Trench is the deepest point of the Atlantic Ocean? No. Yeah. You got to represent Puerto Rico, Mom, and know your Puerto Rico facts. I do know that the Bermuda Triangle is called the Devil's Triangle. Yeah. (laughs) Freaky. (laughs) But I didn't know that was the deepest. Yeah. So it's apparently 8,400 miles below sea level. So this, for reference, is just 1,500 feet shy of the peak of Mount Everest. So it's really freaking deep. So you better hope that, like, Puerto Rico never sinks into the ocean because it's going to go down a long way. Puerto Rico is in an active volcano. I know. It's to happen. 
maybe the cycle come up. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they're saying. They're saying that we don't have the technology developed yet to search all the way down to like 8,400 miles. Um, but maybe one day, and I have a feeling that if the USS Cyclops is down there, it's probably not alone. There's probably a ton of ships down there as well. Wouldn't you think? That would be very interesting. That would be so fun to like discover. That would have, oh, that would be so awesome. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, the USS Cyclops continues to hold the record of the largest loss of life in the Navy's history. Wow. That's scary. So there are there were a couple of times when people thought the USS Cyclops had been discovered once by the island of Barbados and another time off the coast of Virginia. But upon further investigation, it turned out that those were just um, ships that had sunk during World War Two. I mean, it's kind of interesting, too, but where are they? But there was this one guy who was scuba diving um near Barbados once and he saw what he thought was a was like a ship that had sunk and it even had like this he called it a suspension bridge on the boat which I guess was something that the USS Cyclops had had and so he swam up to his boat and he went home and he called like the navy probably back in the day when you could just like call the navy <laughs> maybe and when he went he took them back to the spot it, or at least the spot he thought it had been, and then it was gone. No, it's like a ghost thing. I've been discovered. I'm flying away. The yeah. green light. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, and you know he probably didn't know. I mean, scuba divers know their spots. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure as soon as he got back up to the boat, he like checked his latitude and longitude and like wrote it down. Like he's not an idiot. That's just scary. So that's yeah. it for my stories, mom. So. <laughs> It's a ghost. It's the, they're the ghost ships. It's the Dutchman, the flying Dutchman from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I found one. Um, you know, when you when you Google the Bermuda Triangle, the Devil's Triangle, <laughs> uh, I, came, I came across a story of the Marine. It's called the Marine Insight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have heard of them. No. The Marine Insight. Um, they had one that is, there's so many. There's so many of them. But they have one that is called the Ellen Austin. Did you hear about that one? No. The Ellen Austin. So it is, this happened in 1881. And it's 210 feet long. Ellen Austin was on their way to the New York from London. Mm-hmm. When she stumbled upon a derelict near the Bermuda Triangle. That means like a, like a, like a little, you know, homeless little little vessel yeah like broken down. everything seemed fine with the undignified schooner drifting just north of the sargasso sea but the missing crew oh. so it was captain baker of the ellen austin asked to observe the derelict for two days in order to make sure it's oh wait oh hold on so the name of the ship is the derelict so it says Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin. Oh, yeah. okay. So it was just Ellen Austin was derelict. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So then after two days with no response from with no response from the ship, the captain entered the abandoned vessel with his crew to find the well packed shipment and no sign of the crew. 
So the whole crew was missing, but everything was in there. It, everything was in there, okay? Yeah. In order to tow it back with Ellen Austin, the captain placed a prize crew on the ship to set sail together. So he went over and said, okay, I'm going to put you guys in this boat, and we're going to tow it back together, okay? However, after two days of sail on calm waters, again, no hurricane, no nothing, a squall separated path of the two ships following with the derelict vanish. Mm. What? Days after the storm, Captain Baker's lookout could spot the vessel through his spyglass only to realize the vessel drifted far away aimlessly once again. After hours of effort, Ellen Austin could catch up with the vessel. But strangely, guess what? What? No one was on board. What? Yes. 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 He did a second attempt to bring her back to land, but ended with the same fate before Ellen Austin, before abandoning the cursed vessel. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So they're like, so the ship, you know, he's towing it. He put his prize crew in there. They lost sight. They found it again. They went in there. No crew. His prize crew was missing. Then he decided, okay, I'm going to try it again. Then he lost more people. And fate happened. And he said, this, this vessel is cursed. So I am going to stop doing it. And I'm going to leave it behind. Oh, that's really unusual. Yes. So they say that it has no chances of being unraveled anytime soon. The mystery. I wonder if there was like something on the ship that like made people go crazy. I don't know, but at least you like, like you said that they jump over water. Yeah. Like maybe there was some type of like, like, I don't know, like some type of mold spores or like chemicals that like made people go crazy and they like jumped out or something. This is for you to this to uncover. I know we need to be we need to be some couch potato sleuths. I mean, I really like. I mean, if you guys have a chance to go to the Marine Inside, it's kind of interesting. They have all different kinds of stories. Like one of them is called the Witchcraft. Ooh, you need to look at that one. That was a really fun. But I thought that was a very interesting one. You know where, um, you know, and they have been, and and you know, they had another story about a ship that, um. You know, back then, you know, people were carrying rum and stuff and a ship um, was discovered and people thought that pirates were taking it over because, you know, it was a time for pirates. Yeah. But, I mean, no pirate's going to leave rum behind. No. If we've learned anything from Jack Sparrow. And the whole, and the shipment of rum was still there in another one, in another story. So, you know that there was no pirates because pirates don't leave the rum behind. Jack Sparrow would be disappointed. Yeah, and it would be like, no, take the rum. <laughs> but no, there's so many stories about things. And, you know, there's so many theories about when I try to go, you know, there's one side of the when I try that has the, mag- the magnetics in it, but the other side of the world, you know, has the same thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, what's happened? What is the magnetism of these? And yeah. So well, I just think about the green light. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard about that one. That's so fascinating. The one, the one about the missing crew? Yeah. That's first so of crazy. all, if you miss your prize crew the first time, why would you try it again? I don't know. 
because those are your best of the best so because you know like the second time you're like the leftovers you know you're like yeah i don't like you you go next and see if you yeah you're my least favorite (laughs) you bother me too so go ahead and go that ship to see if you disappear but yeah like the ship was there but the crew kept missing that's crazy Okay, so now that we have both shared a few stories, I thought we'd cover some of the interesting theories people have come up with over the years in an attempt to figure out why these weird things are happening in and around the Bermuda Triangle. Are you ready, Mom? Yes, the Devil's Triangle. The Devil's Triangle. Okay, theory number one. The Bermuda Triangle is not an area prone to supernatural, but that it is, in fact, just a naturally dangerous place for sailing. So. This is what the theory claims. Most hurricanes and other tropical storms in the Atlantic. Sorry. (laughs) I know. Most hurricanes and other tropical storms in the Atlantic tend to originate or pass through the area of the Devil's Triangle. This increase in storms often creates other strange meteorology. I can't say this word. I knew I practiced and I still can't say it. Meteorological. (laughs) Meteorological phenomenon. I can say phenomenon, but I can't say meteorol. I can't say it. Such as water tornadoes or riptides. The Bermuda Triangle also possesses some of the deepest trenches beneath the surface, like we learned the Puerto Rico Trench. Finally, scientific research shows that no evidence that disappearance that there's no evidence that disappearance happen more frequently in the Bermuda Triangle than any other part of the ocean so basically the analogy that they used is if we took this theory and applied it to roads there are obviously going to be a lot more fatalities on a busy highway than there would be on an old country road simply because the highway is much more heavily frequented by a mass amount of people there was no green light. And they're basically saying, like, boats sink sometimes and planes crash sometimes. So it's hard to say. No, but it's still, like, you will find some debris on it. Yeah. And there's nothing. Where's the crew? Yeah. Like, maybe it was a giant squid. I know. <laughs> so basically, these people are saying, like, it's not unusual. Or they, they're saying it is unusual and unfortunate. But they just think that these have all just been really terrible, sad accidents. It really makes you want to go on a cruise now. No. I don't think I ever want to go on a cruise. <laughs> Let's go on a cruise and experience the Bermuda Triangle and see if anything happens. Uh, no, thank you. I'll pass. Maybe the captain will be out in his underwear. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the second theory, the second theory is that the Bermuda Triangle is home to, you touched on this a little bit, to a magnetic phenomenon. So it's yeah. been proven to be a place where magnetic north and true north lineup. Some research indicates that this might adverse, adversely affect compass readings. Some scientists claim that the lightning in the area during storms might further amplify this magnetism, which could account for compass and engine malfunctions and radio messages failing to be received by nearby boats and control towers due to radio interference. So essentially, people would be sending out distress calls and they would have no idea that their messages are not getting through. How come no one's listening to me? Yeah. (laughs) I feel so ignored. I'm being bullied. But it'd be scary because you would think that all your messages were going through and then they're just not going through. Yeah. 
It's creepy. You know, which is what happens, you know, in the stories of airplanes, you know, where yeah. people are thinking that everything is normal, but the people in the tower lost lost them for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that gives me a lot of confidence. Thank you. Just ruined my trip to Puerto Rico. Sorry. <laughs> um, and- I'm taking you with me. No. <laughs> Um, in fact, the rare phenomenon of ball lightning might also cause such electrical storms, which may have been what Christopher Columbus and his crew encountered on their voyages. So they're basically saying that like that ball of fire that went into the sky, like that fell from the sky, might have been this thing called ball lightning. Yeah. Well, so it also explains when you were talking about the pilots that their hand compasses were like going crazy. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Mm. So this brings us to our third theory that those lost to the Bermuda Triangle are actually now residents of the lost city of Atlantis. Oh, there you go. I like that one with the green light. <laughs> I think it's funny that we went from like two, like, oh yeah, I could see that, to like, oh, and actually they're residents of the city of lost Atlantis now. Yeah, there you go. That, I like that theory much better. That, that escalated really quickly. Yeah. So Atlantis was written about um, by Plato, and it was supposedly an ancient naval power. But according to the legends, the city disappeared into the water in a single day. In the 1970s, Charles Berlitz wrote a book that claimed Atlantis was actually a victim of the Bermuda Triangle and that it now resides and thrives under the sea with, within the triangle's bounds. Berlitz continues that the technology of the city of Atlantis was so advanced that it continues to contribute to the eerie happenings within the Bermuda Triangle. What do you make of that theory? <laughs> How do they live underwater? So, yeah, that was kind of weird, but, you know, they needed all these people to populate it. You know, so they took all these people. With and them. also, if Plato's <laughs> writing about it, that means it happened way back then. How on earth did they have technology that could, like, protect them from being underwater? I know. It's kind of weird. That's like, the dumbest thing ever. They scales, and you now know. they can breathe underwater. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. With a naked captain walking around in the <laughs> Yeah. They were like, oh, that guy seems like a good time. Let's take him. <laughs> we're kind of bored down there holding yeah. our breath so let's take this guy so I yeah. don't know for me the first two I'm like yeah okay no that makes sense but then this one's just like so out in left field it's just it seems a little ridiculous to me I don't know you know I just it think seems fun it would be fun I think the Bermuda Triangle is always going to remain a mystery what is really happening yeah where that green mist comes from where are these lightnings and these fires coming through and people are being taken and leaving the room behind yeah doesn't seem (laughs) smart they have they have a bad game plan um the fourth theory is that the bermuda triangle is a black hole that leads to another dimension or universe there you go I like this one. Let's go with that one. (laughs) Some say that this would account for travel time throughout the region being completely unpredictable. Apparently, some flights get to their final destination way ahead of schedule, and some flights get to their final destination way behind schedule for no particular reason. It's the black hole. So in the 70s, a lot of these theories came um, to us uh, sponsored from the 1970s, so I don't really know if I trust these. Uh, cause from my experience, nothing good ever came from the seventies. Excuse me. <laughs> that 
I was born in 1970. Hello. And Hello. that's when all the problems in the world began. I tripped you through the, through the black hole of the devil's triangle. <laughs> so in the 70s, not only was my mom born, but there was also this guy named Bruce Gurnan, a pilot, who testified that he had escaped one of these incidences. He said that he had encountered something he can only describe as electronic fog while flying a 747 filled with passengers from Puerto Rico to Miami. He says He says the plane was surrounded by a gray haze and his compasses failed. He flew blindly through the fog for 3 minutes before his radio informed him that he was flying over Miami. When he looked down at his watch, 40 minutes had passed on his watch, but he swears it was only 3 minutes. So he had been able to travel a distance comparable to 90 minutes in three black minutes. Hole. Yeah. Black hole. So he basically flew like 90 miles in three minutes. I knew it. The green light and the gray light and the captain on the underwear and the light, everything adds together. <laughs> <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> yeah. So this is the fifth and final theory, mom. I think you're going to like it. Oh, there's another one? How many yeah. theories? These people like these people have a lot of time. Well, there were a lot more, but I just was like, I'll do five. <laughs> there's more. Okay. But I mean, I, I, let's not forget about the, the the squid. Yeah. We're not <laughs> even gonna go into that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's the next one? Okay, so the final theory that we'll discuss today is a classic. The theory that all of these weird disappearances and all of this weird phenomenon are the result of extraterrestrial life. I knew it. Abductions by aliens and of these aircrafts and ships would certainly explain why so many of these vessels have never been recovered, even though the Navy has done their best to find them. They needed parts for their ships. There is also a rumor that there is a secret military base that is researching aliens nicknamed the Underwater Area 51. So they were fighting back? The aliens were fighting back? I guess. I don't know. The people? I think maybe they're thinking, like, there's this underwater research center, underwater area 51, and because it's there, that's why all these weird things are happening. Because they're they're thinking that, like, there's aliens inside of that thing, and it's, like, messing everything up. I don't know. This is scary. Do you remember, um, I think it was, like, 2019 when everybody... There was, like, this Facebook thing that everybody was going to go storm, like, Area 51 in Nevada. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, I think it was actually the week that you and Abuela watched my kids so that Brian and I could go to Vegas. So we were going to be, like, really close to, like, where it was going to happen. <laughs> mm, I don't know. That'd be scary. You could be taken by the green light. <laughs> that is like the stupidest idea ever. Because it's a military base. If you try to storm it, they're just gonna shoot you. Yeah, they do. And I think I, mean, a, I think a lot of people actually did go down, but they didn't try to storm it. They just like partied. No. And wore like alien masks and stuff. It was like no. a festival. Oh. 
that's kind of interesting but no no i i mean of all the theories that i like is the one about the black hole and the extraterrestrial adoptions yeah abductions or adoptions not adoptions well maybe they these two really friendly aliens they just hadn't been able to have their own kids so they just were like we're gonna adopt this uss cyclops (laughs) criminal (laughs) and take care of them 309 members of these and you are the prize crew so i'm gonna take you again too yeah in 2014, two passengers on a carnival cruise ship said that they saw a UFO fly over the ship in the middle of the day. Um, I think these people have been taking advantage of the all-you-can-drink. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, I assume that they were drunk or high. Yeah, <laughs> because I just... Like, you I know, don't... the open bar. The open bar. I said to aliens! <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that those people are very nice, but I just don't trust two eyewitnesses on a car- carnival cruise. It kind of seems like an oxymoron when you say it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, these people are already happy. There's actually a video um, that they took of of it, but it looks, you can tell that, like, they, they just did it themselves. They just edited it, yeah. Yeah. With this fake little thing going around. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. The Bermuda Triangle is a fascinating thing. Yeah. It's very fascinating for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many. I mean, here's an idea for another one, Rochelle, the mysteries of El Junque. Oh, yeah. That would be good. That would be good. If you guys don't know what El Junque is, it's, it's a Puerto Rico as little as it is. It actually has a, it actually has a forest, a national forest in there. Yeah, it has the only rainforest um, that... Like, that's part of North America. Without monkeys. There's no monkeys in there. Oh, there's not? Hmm, no, no monkeys in Puerto Rico. They only have iguanas and, you know, birds Piranhas. that they and things like that. But it would be fascinating because they always talk about, you know, the the ghost that lives in there and, and, yeah. and, the, and the, the alien um, activity that people say that they yeah. see there. We'll have to bring you on for that one, too. Maybe maybe you can do it. Maybe you can maybe you can go to Puerto Rico and tape it there. Yeah. Oh, and I don't want to be out there for that long. There's like snakes and stuff. There are snakes. How about there. I park in the parking lot and I record it in my car? <laughs> the visitor center. Yeah. <laughs> the visitor center. No, this this was this is was interesting. I I knew a lot of stories and they and there's so many stories out there. You guys should research them because yeah. they're fascinating. And we'll we'll post all of the sources that we got our things from in the show notes, like we always do. I'll add my mom's. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, there's a hundred planes and ships that have disappeared, so you'll be researching for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so you for definitely have to keep us and see these three hundred and nine crew members appear again. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the ship shows up sometime. That would be interesting to see. You know, it just be nice to know what happened. You know, like yeah. if you just give it closure. Yeah, like was it just a huge crack? Was it the sh- the captain that just was a little drunk and did something bad? I don't know. On his underwear. I just can imagine. Come and get me, green light. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, Mom. I had so much fun. I always have fun listening and to participate on this little on the on on the episodes. And you, I you do have to do with Amelia Earhart. I will. It's scheduled for the first week of July, so first Tuesday in July, we'll do it. This was to be so exciting. 
Well, so. it's always a pleasure to have you here. It's um, always so nice to be invited. I have a lot of fun having someone to banter back and forth with. It's funny. <laughs> so I always enjoy having my co-host, who's you, to help me out. Because sometimes when I'm alone and I'm recording, I feel super silly well, because... You know what? what? Well, you know what? It would be kind of funny if people still want to ask, ask questions about you. I'm more than happy to answer. So I, I, I think I'm going to shut that down questions. if they're going to keep asking embarrassing <laughs> moments. <laughs> well, they know how to reach me now. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes when I'm alone and I'm recording, I feel stupid because I'm basically just talking to myself in Ryland's closet. I know. That's funny. That you that's, my, uh, that's my Monday night. I get to talk in a closet to myself. <laughs> you know, there's help for that. I know. <laughs> so it's always a good time when you can come and hang out with me in Ryland's closet. <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Well, I, as your mom, I'm very proud of you. You have been very Thanks. successful on these. And I really, really, really like listening to them. So. Thanks. <laughs> and it's always fun to talk about, like, Something that's not murder, you know. I know. Well, until you do La Llorona. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this Halloween I'll do something yeah, scary for I'll myself. Because I, I guess- would scare myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I can send you pictures of me dressed up as La Llorona. No. That will oh my gosh, yeah. I'm going to have to like research La Llorona at like 10 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> When Brian's, like, going to be home. <laughs> when I have a fun activity that night planned, so that way I, like, can think about something else before I go to bed. It would be great. There's a movie that came out, and I, I, I like, get scared of the trailer. <laughs> so I have not watched the movie. She gets scared of the, of the name, even. You just mention it. Oh, my gosh. I can, like, picture the trailer in my mind right now, and it's making me scared. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's great. It's a great little thing. But no, you can do that on a Sasquatch. That will give you nightmares. The La Llorona scares me way more than Sasquatch. I don't know why. There's just something about La Llorona that just scares the crap out of me. I know. I, ha- I have recordings that I can send you later on at night. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to block you. <laughs> I'm going to block you on my phone. Anyway, well, it was awesome. I love I I love this theory. So, which one is your best one? I want to know. I like I the I like the first first. two, but I like the first two, but it still doesn't explain why nothing was recovered. Yeah, and I want to hear from your listeners too. Yeah, make sure you jo- you uh, go to our um Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved and comment your theories and ideas as well. Or maybe one of your listeners had an experience. Yeah. When on a trip that they went mm-hmm. in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Well, thank or you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for all of your continued support. I really appreciate you. My mom appreciates you. If you want to support us more, visit the website at mysterystillunsolved.com or you can follow us on Instagram at mysterystillunsolved. Uh, refer the podcast to family and friends because that that's the best way is – to get word of mouth listeners because they're always the most loyal. So I like to get organic word of mouth listeners. Those are my favorite. Um, So join me next week when together we'll discover, did someone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved? (laughs) 